It's a big schus and a big cover that we have. The Rashi Ravan Lapiansky here. We had him the whole weekend. And uh, I think everybody in the room has already had a chance to be Nene and to grow and to be Nishazak from the Debeitar and Debechizak from the Rashiva. And this morning, the Rashiva is going to speak about the living the life of a Ben Taira even as one is working and to offer strategies in that, uh, in that vein. Um, just uh, before the Rashiva speaks, I think everybody here owes a very great debt of gratitude to Rabbi Foxbunner for bringing in Rabbi Lafiansky, for having the vision to do so, to, to uh, I think the Deitches put it best, in elevating our community in, in bringing in such a Chashiva Tamil Chacham for us to be Nishazik from and to be Nana from and to just to have the sense of what it means to, uh, to, to be a, a Tamil Chacham. The, uh, the, the uh, thanks is also, of course, to Rabbi Feldman, who was here as well. And um, the, it, it's, I think it's a simon of growth in our community, not only that, uh, that the Rashiva was willing to come here, but the fact that we as a community appreciate what this means. That's a, a step that, that I think is a palpable step that shows where our community is and where we are headed. And it's a very, very hush of a thing. So it's a, it's a big covenant, a big schluss for us to hear from our Shiva. Good morning, um, I guess the, the purpose of the speaking is, I guess, somewhat of a strategy more than a share, as much as just strategizing um, effective ways of learning and so on. The first thing is, as this room has shown and this community has shown, is that Talmud Torah is the bedrock of everything. Whereas it was, it was wrongly understood that learning is just a way to give you the practical instructions. And once you have the practical instructions, nobody keeps the instruction book um, bound in leather on the front mantelpiece. You get the appliance. If you feel the need to read the instruction book, you do that. And then it's out in the garbage or recycle bin. It's, it, it's not something that has any value to it. So the understanding as if learning, the value of learning is to give instructions and it's sometimes referred to that when you want to teach people what's, what's Torah, you say, well, no creator makes something without uh, a, a structure booklet. It's a good muscle for a very basic aspect, but it certainly falls far short of what it is. So a community is built around a core of Torah. This is this place. I heard Baruch Hashem is expanding and growing. That's amazing. And I think even people who didn't learn in the kolal, people who may not even have learned with someone in kolal, the idea that there's serious Tamil is a bedrock. In every community, I know in our community, it was a yeshiva before there was a kolal. The yeshiva was a community. And it, it's clear that that's a bedrock. So Torah is the bedrock of um, a community. And it's the bedrock of a person's own Yiddishkeit. So even after learning 
it wasn't direct instructions of halacha lemaisa. Even if the learning is not specific divrei musa about do this or don't do that, that's necessary. But it's there to give you the big picture. What is a Kaddish Baruch Hu's picture, so to speak, of tov and ra, right and wrong, and so on? That is what dictates in many ways the actions of a person. We act and we react based on our sense of things. And therefore, the Torah in a person builds that up, and that's why Talmud Torah is so important and can't be stressed enough. What I would like to speak more specifically about is people, when they learn in yeshivas, those of you are fortunate to have spent some time in yeshivas, the, the learning is usually, for most people, an incredible experience. You're totally immersed in it. You are excited. You live it, and so on and so forth. And a, a person, those years, feels extraordinarily involved and uplifted. As time moves on, and the vast majority of us have to make Parnassah or, or do something else, and whatever it is that we're doing, and learning becomes a kviyositim. So it, it's not only less hours, it sort of seems um, strained. We don't get the same joy of it. And we also begin many times to become frustrated for one reason or another. It's true of people who never learned yeshivas. It many times is doubly true of people who learned in yeshivas. And finding a way to understand why this happens and what we need to do and so on is helpful many times. So as I always tell people, even if you go into, uh, to, even if you're a rabbi in yeshiva, if you're in a, in a, in a, in a uh, shul, um, the, the, the type of immersion and learning that you have when you're in yeshiva is hard to duplicate. And there's almost nothing else once you're a mashpia of sorts, or you're osik and anything else, it's, it's a different world. And the question is, how do we retain it and so on? So I'd like to speak about one or two points, understanding the mechanism, and then maybe that would flow into some practical things. The morale says in a few places, it says that a person needs to be very careful with the Torah, because they're kosher liknos kezov they are as difficult to acquire, as expensive and difficult to acquire as gold and silver, and they are as easy to break as klis chuchis, as glass, um, as glass utensils. Today, Baruch Hashem, most of our glass tends to be shatterproof and so on. The Chazal are referring to natural glass that's very, very, very delicate. Uh, I still remember when, if you washed it with the water was a little too hot, a little too cold, it could sometimes, you know, just explode in you. So the, um, the so, so Chazal give that marshal. Like all Mishalom Chazal, it, it, they weren't just looking for uh, a nice metaphor. What's easy to break? I got it, glass. So we'll use glass as a metaphor. What, what does it mean? And why is it? We can understand that it's difficult to acquire but why is it so easy to lose? What, what, what makes it easy to lose? And, and, and what's the muscle that Chazal give 
into glass, which is easily shattered. Why? So Moral explains that, and I'm paraphrasing a bit, but, but it's the, 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 the core explanation is his. Um, if we take a look at glass, with the naked eye, the way a person perceives glass, glass is somewhat insubstantial. In other words, things should be um, opaque. If there's, a, if there's a block over here, I shouldn't be able to see past the block. And that's almost everything we have is like that. If there's a piece of wood over here, I can't see past it because the wood occupies the space. The idea of something transparent is strange. So is it there or is it not there? If it's there, why can I see past it? Transparent things um, was seen to be not all that physical. Glass also is, is created when you blow in it and, and you sort of bring air into it. It tends to be very, very thin. So glass is a description of something that is quasi-physical. It's physical, but not quite physical. And the, that's the reason why it doesn't last so well. So just like when you take um, a plant, a fauna or flora, and you, and you transpose it to an area that's not native to it, it tends to not do well um, because it's not its natural place. It, it's not part of that. So the, um, the glass, because it's quasi-physical only, it's not quite physical, it disintegrates very quickly. That's, that's what glass represents to us, and that's what Chazal means. So Maral explains, when I'm dealing with things that are ideas that relate to the physical world, um, how do I grow my crops better? How do I sell my, my wheat more effectively, and so on? I'm dealing with things and ideas that are part of my reality and my world. And therefore, it sticks better. It's something that, that it's easy to, to put a hand on, and, to, um, and therefore it lasts. When I'm talking about things that are spiritual, that are not relatable, so yes, Torah deals with physical objects, or, or every Mesechta deals with something, but that thing is not really part. A lul of an esrog or a lemon and, 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 and a tree branch. That's what they are physically. The lul of an esrog of it and all the halachas, that's not really physical. So Torah is something which, when I step out of my little bubble, it's not there. It, 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 it's, um, it, it's in the world outside, it just doesn't exist. I once read an account, a fascinating account. It was somebody who was in the Warsaw Ghetto. And he said, so everybody had to work on Shabbos. The, you were forced to work on Shabbos and nobody had anything. It was, it was you know, it, it was very, very rough life. And he was walking Shabbos down the street once charging to work, and, and he meets another chassid, this person was a chassid, who was coming down the street and smoking a cigarette. And he says to him, Abid, Shabbos. The person looks at him 
And then he burst out laughing. And he said, like at first he was shocked. And then he put it together and, and he realized it seemed absurd. Everybody was wearing the same shmat of yesterday. Everybody was going to work. There was nothing, nothing, nothing Shabbos. It's like on a Wednesday morning, tells somebody Shabbos. It, 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 the, the person obviously was stretched out emotionally and, and mentally, but the point was, what Shabbos? When Shabbos? It, it just, it was incongruous. And he said that that's when, when they had to eat chametz on Pesach, the Rabbanim made a whole year ratzon to say before the chametz, and so on. To make it, like, at least it's chametz, and today is Pesach, and we're eating because Hashem said, Wishmatim, or, or a, a, you know, Vechaibahem, and so on. That, that was just a point of, of explaining what's something that's tangible or not. So the learning that we do hasn't solved that problem. It's true, be'etzim, in other words, that, that is, Torah is something in a bubble. And more so, one of the problems is, for, for many of us, our learning is a passive experience. We listen to a shir, we listen to a drasha, we listen to somebody teaching us, it's, it's a very, very passive experience, and those type of experiences don't, um, don't really um, stay. So one of the strategies that Chazal gave us, it's, they, they, it goes on the Pasuk, Chaim Heim L'Moitza Ehem. Torah is life-giving to the person who finds it, Chazal say, not lemotzi ehem, meaning the person who finds it, but lemotzi ehem, the person who brings it out. Lahamtsi in modern Arabic means to invent, to create. The person who gives forth the Torah, open your mouth and, and, and speak it out. Say it out of your mouth. So Chazal, um, I think, are, telling, are explaining something here very, very crucial to the Prasatama Torah. Activities in our minds are not part of us. It's, it's like when we, when we want to say something is flighty, it's airy, it's just a fog in the brain, it, it, it's not real. The Akarish Baruch, who we spoke about this, gave the, the Koach Hadibur is the, to take things that are not part of this world, not real in that sense, and bring them out and concretize them. It's one of the things in yeshivas where when somebody is grappling with an idea to explain something, as long as he can't put it into words, into clear words that, 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 that are meaningful as such, we say, you really don't have it. There's a, there's a saying that Chaim Bisco would say, I'm going to say it in Yiddish, as a svelte in hasbore, felt in svelte. If you can't explain it, then you don't really understand it. Explaining is not a second talent. It's the concretization of that which a person has at the cerebral level. He's concretized it and made it a thing. The word dover dibur is the same in Hebrew. A dibur is a dover. It's a thing. And until we haven't made that transition, it doesn't become that. So 
I'd like to try to apply this idea in, in um, two ways. First of all, in, um, w- whenever we're learning, and especially if we're more of a beginner mode and so on, it, it's really, we need to hear it and we need to absorb. But it's extremely crucial that there be times of learning when you can express it. So if a person has some knowledge and he can find somebody less schooled than him, someone who needs his help and you can teach it, the half hour or the hour a week or whatever it is that you're teaching somebody, I'm not talking about the schus of teaching and, the, and, and all that. I'm talking about for your own learning. And again, I say it as somebody who's teaching. The things, there was a time in yeshiva when I was saying to Shurim, on the same subject matter, two groups, one after the other, because we didn't have another person, so on. And I would say over the same things, but I would, you know, a little easier, a little hard, depending on the, on the group. And I was always upset the second time round because now I had it much more clear than the first time round. And had I been able to say it the first time, right, the second time. The reason why was because I had said it the first time and I was forced when speaking it out, to, 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 to crystallize it, that the speaking forced it. So people find times to teach, teach someone else, teach a child, teach a person who knows less, and, and, and so on. That is, will help your own understanding immensely. And it also makes it a lot more solid. It's much easier to remember what you said than what you thought. Two, um, it, even when a person sits and learns himself, um, speaking it out as if you're talking to someone is extremely, Aleph in Halacha, um, the mitzvah of Talmud Torah is primarily speaking it out. There's a machlokas, um, if in the postgame, if thinking about the Torah is mechaev yubrechas Torah or not, so the primary mitzvah is to say it out. And when you, when you talk it out in a way as if you're teaching it, it gives you a lot of the same, a, a lot of that same effect. In the old times, that was how people learned. People would learn by expressing it. But, but you know, you, 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 would, you would talk, you would say it out to yourself. And it's a big difference in terms of retention and in terms of concretizing it. So both in terms of really understanding and in terms of holding on to it, speaking it out is a different world. We're not used to it. I remember I went to a school where the Hebrew department and English department weren't synchronized. The, the secular department and the Hebrew department were like two worlds. And I remember in, in the morning, in, in the Mudah Kodesh, the Rebbe would say, shake back and forth with warmth. Say every holy word, v'cholo, v'cholo. We come to English, and the poor school teacher was mortified. Stop shaking. Sit and sit straight. Don't use your mouth. Read with your eyes only. And we, we came out with split personalities, I guess. We, we, that, that was the only way we, we survived. We knew, you know, yeah, he had to be this, this. But there's a big difference between when you can speak something out and so on. I remember still the old, old generation when they were sitting and learning, there was a coal underneath where I lived 
and they would sit. They didn't have chavrusas, many of them. I, I, it was about 15 young light, if I remember. But everyone learned out loud, and, and out loud in a way as, as if we was talking to somebody. So that's extremely important. That's one. Two, um, things that are... Un, things that are sort of unfinished, unraveled. Um, there's a locha that a korongodol, his me'il, his long garment, had to have the end sewn back in again so that it not unravel. When, 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 you, when you have a bunch of ideas, understandings, etc., and it hasn't come together and become an entity, it's, a, it's not easy to remember it. So I can remember a lot of pieces. A story is easier to remember than just a lot of facts. And that's all, all, these, all these tricks to memorize them to sort of make a story out of a lot of little unrelated details. A lot of our learning in Torah Shabbat Peh is open-ended. So we have machlokes, we have a sheet, we have this, we have that. And in general, we hear a shir or, or for learning, we, we don't have any time that we set aside to sort of put a frame around it. What is it that we've learned? What is it? Can I present it? Can I give it back? So one effective strategy, which incorporates both of these, is to write up what it is that we've learned. It used to be, in yeshivas, you do a lot of writing. Unfortunately, you do a lot less. I'm not talking about writing when someone's talking and you write it. That's recording. That's not writing. Writing means to sit down so if a person finishes whatever he's learning, a sugya, a simen shahaf, anything like that, or the pasha, and a person is able to sum it up. When you write a summation, there's two tremendous accomplishments. You're able to see the picture, you're able to, to start, this is the topic, the parasha deals with this, these are the things that happened, these are the things that we noticed and, and came to the following conclusion. It forces you to give it structure, beginning, end, to make it a, an entity, and the writing it is an act of concretizing. It's the same way, like speaking, it sort of gives it a certain mitzias, it makes a certain reality. Those are, uh, I guess, strategies to help us concretize our learning. What keeps us learning more and more is the sense that we accomplish something. It's not a type of thing that goes well when we are learning, but we don't feel we're much more knowledgeable after one year, after five years, after ten years. It's, it's something that, that affects yeshiva bacham, affects lay people, affects everyone. So building up a certain sense of accomplishment, which means defining what I know and giving it some sort of concrete mitzvah, I think is extremely valuable in being able to have the cheshik to keep learning. Um, I had a Rebbe of mine who was extraordinarily wise, and when I left Eretz Yisrael, he gave me two pieces of advice. And one of them was that I should sit down once a week and write down all, all the kashas and tools I thought of the Gemara. I wasn't 17 yet when I went. I assure you, there was very little there that was worth writing down. It wasn't, uh, and, but I did it. He told me to do it, and I did it. 
And as time went on, I realized the point was I was learning week after week, month after month, year after year. The notebook gave me a sense of what I accomplished. Whether I would look at it now, whether I would think maybe we just put in the shameless or something, or not, makes no difference. But I had something palpable of my Talmud Torah. And as I sat more learned, and as time went on, so instead of feeling blah because you know, kind of time goes on, I, I, I felt accomplished because I, because I had the notebook. So in the long haul, concretizing, having a sense of what we accomplished, having a sense of what we know, and so on, is what will probably give us the biggest impetus to keep going. So Be'ez Hashem, it's something that Talmud Torah is the bedrock of who we are. It's the be- it, it affects everything we do, both the quantity and the quality of what we do. It has a different quality when we understand what we're doing and we understand what the big picture's about. It's something that because it's so constant and it's required of us, that it tends to flag. We tend to become a bit uh, you know, wary of it. Being able to make it solid, taking the, the glass clee and making it something more rigorous, tempered glass, is something that's a key to keeping it and, and inspiring us to keep going. Like I said before, in a Mokum Torah like this, it's physically attractive to learn. It's ruchni in the service in the light, with a cold Torah and, and so many people wanting to learn. Be'ez Hashem, it should be continued at Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> I thought everybody would want to sit down and learn now. I, I, was, uh, I, I, was, I was sure that people would not want to waste their time with questions and just sit down and learn, though. No. Does Rashid address so there are certain things that people need to learn. So let's divide it into two. There are certain things, A, so learning through the parish of the week, it's an obligation. So we can do it with English, we can do it many different ways, but that's obligated. Learning some small amount of halacha, finding the right safer to learn halacha, is like the Chavetz Chaim says, if you don't learn Hulcha Shabbos, you're definitely being Mechal Shabbos. So at least a person has some, some sort of, Halacha say, no matter how little, but on an ongoing basis. And a person needs to have something that inspires him. And again, it could be once a week, it could be once a day, but some safer, I'm using the word Musa um, lightly, in the, big, in the broad sense of it, something that inspires a person. Those are things that you must have. Learning itself, ideally, is Torah Shabbat Peh, which means understanding from the ground up how Akadosh Baruch, what Akadosh Baruch wants from us, how we understand it in the world. So, depending on the levels, so a Sugi and Gemara is the, is the, is the gold standard. And for a person not, not with that difficult, Mishnayis could be that. Um, just to get a connection to Torah Shabbat Peh. So understand where it's coming from. It, for people who've never experienced it, if halach is only the rabbi said, it becomes a hodgepodge of confusing, arbitrary, seemingly arbitrary decisions. This rabbi said it's not true, I said it's true. 
it doesn't say, we don't know what we're doing exactly. We don't have a clear field. So when we have some sense in Torah Peh, minimally the Mishnah, next is Gemara, if we put a sugi together, this was the point of the Mishnah, this is how the Gemara understood it, learning Gemara, this seems to be the bottom line, is, is gives us a, 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 a connection to that. And as a person is, is more proficient and so on, something in the Torah Shabbat Peh, those are, is, is the learning itself. So the, the first three things that we spoke about are sort of requirements. Chumash, some halacha, and some musa. And then the, the learning itself should be focused around some aspect of Torah Shabbat Peh, whatever is, whatever is appropriate for a person. So, obviously, each particular station has a very special need, and so on. You know, I, I, you, I can only speak in very general terms, but I want to try to make it um, to flip it around a bit. So I'm home and I'm teaching my child the values I want to give over. Nothing works as well as personal example. If I pick myself up every morning and at 10 to 6 I go to the coil and learn, rain, you know, snow, it leaves a message. Whether the child won't automatically do it, but, but getting up and learning is the right thing. I may or may not do it. So, so the Talmud Torah, when, if, a, if a father sits and learns seriously, and a child sees or sits and learns seriously, it sets a standard of what's right. And it's not 100% conflict with the time the child needs. You're imbuing an awful lot to the child just by what you're doing. And if a child sees that even if it's tough for you, you do it, then it's, it, it, it leaves an impression. So it's not a direct conflict. You need to be tapping into something to keep your spiritual energy. So some learning is, is critical. Obviously, people have, might have special kufas, special needs. That's something it's good to talk over to someone with someone. But, but in the big picture, it's not an either-or proposition. <coughs> okay, so uh, a lot of Atzlach HaBaz Hashem, a lot of Talmud uh, Torah, and... Uh, Mr. Shem, continued growth.